Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will like with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war Welcome to Nurses Out Loud. This is your host, Nurse April. And today I have a very, very special guest. She's special because she is, she's very smart. She's a wonderful mother and she happens to be my sister-in-law, but she's really just my sister. And so of course, I'm going to refer to her like that throughout the show, but I brought her on today because I want to talk about something that is affecting a lot of families And it has affected our family personally. And so I wanted to share our experiences with you. And also I wanted her to share a lot of her wisdom that she's gained through the years and some of the things that she's done for her son. Um, So let me back up a little bit. My nephew's name is Harley and he is autistic. And what is stunning to me, and I'm sure um, a lot of people are noticing this, is that the rates of autism are going up uh, steadily. So currently autism. So back in 2000, and this is according to the CDC back in 2000, the rates of autism diagnosis were about one in 150. Currently in 2020, the rate is one in 36. So that's a staggering increase in the number of children being diagnosed with autism. Um, According to the CDC, it's about one in 36 children have been identified with autism spectrum disorder. And it's reported to occur in all racial, ethnic, and socioeconomic groups. It's nearly four times more common among boys than among girls. And about one in six children between the ages of three and 17 are diagnosed uh, with a developmental disability reported by their parents during a study period of like 2009 to 2017. So I'll talk a little bit more about what the signs and symptoms of autism are in case there's like uh, maybe one or two of you out there who are unaware. But I think that the reason why I really wanted to talk about this today is because I have met so many families who've been affected by this and parents in particular who are not sure what's happening with their toddlers and not sure why their kids aren't speaking or why their kids are behaving in a certain way. There's so much anxiety and so much fear and uncertainty. And so when you're in a situation like that, you're like a sponge and you will absorb everything and you're just, you know, looking for tips and tricks. And so I always share my sister's story because it inspires people and encourages them to let them know number one you can have a child who's not talking, who will talk eventually. And there are things that you can do and be proactive in order to help them. So we'll, we'll get into all of that. But again, this is Nurses Out Loud. We air Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time with an encore at 10 p.m. And then our show goes to podcast, usually a day after it airs. And you can listen on any of your favorite podcasting apps. So I am going to have my sister kind of 
get in here and uh, tell her story. Hey, Paris. Hello. Hello. <laughs> hello. Um, thank you for having me yeah. and for all those kind words. Of course. Um, so, yes, um, my name is Paris. I am 37 years old. I have three children. Um from the ages of 13, seven, and five. My seven-year-old Harley is the one who um, is on the autism spectrum. Uh, we got him officially diagnosed um, about the age of three. Um, it was kind of like right before he turned three um, because we were able to start ABA services um, when he turned three. And so um, it was definitely, it was definitely quite the journey. I I didn't even know. It was the pediatrician who actually noticed. Um, I guess I was in denial. Yeah. I went to, um, I had just, number one, I had just had my five-year-old, my last child, and I was taking her to the pediatrician for one of her checkups. And of course I had to take all the kids with me. And so the doctor on our way out, she heard Harley kind of talking and she asked me, is he talking? And so I was like, yeah, he's talking. You know, for me at that time, he was able to repeat his numbers back to us when we said them, his alphabet. Um, He's always talked. I have videos of him as a baby Mm -hmm. trying to speak and on cue, which I thought was crazy but um she she said it was like jargon and she wanted me to go see a um a speech therapist and get a speech evaluation for him so she wrote a script so glad that I listened even though I at the time just completely disagreed with her Mm -hmm. and we went and at first he was actually diagnosed with severe um expressive receptive language disorder. So that just meant I had never heard of that until that day. Mm -hmm. Um, And what it meant was that he has trouble connecting what he wants to say to you Mm -hmm. and deciphering what you are saying to him. So basically just all the way around his language was just like a big ball of confusion for him, which made a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Um, We did struggle with communication with him a little bit. I mean, he talked a lot, but as far as like being able to tell us what he wanted um, or if we said something to him, you could kind of see him just kind of staring at you, trying to um, just understand what you Mm -hmm. said. You could see the wheels turning. Mm -hmm. So that was what we dealt with first. So I'm going to read off what the CDC says are the signs and symptoms of autism for the audience. And then you kind of pick out which ones he had and which ones he he did not have. So um, it says social communication and interaction skills can be challenging for people with autism spectrum, spectrum disorder. Examples of social communication and interaction characteristics related to ASD can include avoids or does not keep eye contact, does not respond to name by nine months of age, does not show facial expressions like happy, sad, angry, and surprised by nine months of age, does not play simple interactive games like patty cake by 12 months of age, 
uses few or no gestures by 12 months of age, for example, does not wave goodbye, does not share interests with others by 15 months of age, for example, shows you an object that they like, does not point to show you something interesting by 18 months of age, does not notice when others are hurt or upset by 24 months of age, does not notice other children and join them in play by 36 months of age, does not pretend to be something else like a teacher or superhero during play by 48 months of age, does not sing, dance, or act for you by 60 months of age. Um, Mm -hmm. It also says they have restricted or repetitive behaviors or interests, um, examples, lines of toys or objects and gets upset when order is changed, repeats words or phrases over and over, plays with toys the same way every time, is focused on parts of objects, for example, wheels, gets upset by minor changes, has obsessive interests, must follow certain routines, flaps hands, rocks body, or spins self in circles, has unusual reactions to the way things sound, smell, taste, look, or feel. And there are some more that, um, some more symptoms. Oh, like uh, here says delayed cognitive or learning skills, delayed language, delayed movement, hyperactive, hyperactive, impulsive, or inattentive behavior, epilepsy or seizure disorder, unusual eating and sleeping habits, gastrointestinal issues, for example, constipation, unusual mood or emotional reactions, anxiety, stress, excessive worry, lack of fear, or more fear than expected. I know that's a long list, but yeah, you know, he definitely identifies with a lot of those, but I have to tell you, in the beginning, I noticed none of these. And I have to say, I don't think they were as prevalent until he got older. Mm -hmm. Um, The eye contact situation was something I didn't notice until we started going to therapy. I actually was really frustrated when they did the evaluation because I felt like he wasn't showing his true self. Mm -hmm. But he had been in the house with us. He was comfortable with his siblings Um, and me and his dad. mm -hmm. So he gave us eye contact. Mm -hmm. You know, he did things with us and said things with us that he just was not displaying for other people. But remember, he was so young. He Mm -hmm. was, you know, two and a half because the waiting list, number one, is so long Mm -hmm. um, to get an evaluation. I mean, we were... We were on the list for three months, but it was supposed to be like six to eight months. We just got really, we were blessed and and opening became uh, opened up Mm -hmm. early. But, you know, when you're talking about that age, one and a half, two, two and a half, you know, I stayed home, you know, for the first like six months, he was exclusively breastfed. he was a happy baby. Like I said, I have videos that he was trying to talk and, you know, giving you that attention, Mm -hmm. you know, you felt like you were, what you do with your babies when you're having like a conversation with them and they're smiling and laughing. He did all of that. Yeah. And I actually can remember a time where it started to regress. Mm -hmm. And I wrote that off as, oh, you know, he's, this is what kids do. You know, it sounds like jargon. I remember 
one of my cousins when I was younger, he he talked kind of funny. He said certain things a little funny. So I just thought this is just a phase that all kids go through. Mm -hmm. I didn't look at it as regression at the time, um, but that's exactly what it was. And wow. so he didn't start off that way. Mm -hmm. A lot of those things like eye contact is something that he has um, difficulty with at times, depending on who he's around. And if you're new to him, mm -hmm. um, he definitely has obsessive um, behaviors mm -hmm. and repetitive behaviors that also came later on. Like mm -hmm. he is seven now. So we've probably been dealing with that maybe since he was about four, four and a half. Mm -hmm. um, that was explained to me. Um, what they call it is stereotypies. So basically, we kind of all have that. It's kind of like a nervous tick, something that you do when you're bored, mm -hmm. when you're nervous, or just you, you're experiencing any kind of emotion for them. They don't know always how to express those emotions. So it may come out in flapping of the arms. Um, my son likes to play with string. And so for him, he just likes to wiggle a string in his hand and he'll walk back and forth and sometimes he'll make little noises. Um, we know now he's happy. Mm -hmm. And I know now from doing therapy to ask questions when I see those behaviors, hey, Harley, how are you feeling? That helps him to communicate uh -huh. Because he doesn't, he wants to, you know what I'm saying? And he really is by doing those movements or making those sounds, he just doesn't have the words. And so when you know the questions to ask, mm -hmm. it gets them in the routine to be able to identify how they're feeling in that moment. They may still do those sounds and movements, but at least then they have a connection of this is why I'm doing this. You know what I'm saying? And then we yeah. know also yeah. I am. Um, oh. I just want to let the audience know like a little bit about his personality, because when he was little, I didn't think at, that he was autistic either. I just thought he was a very, very happy, loving, sweet baby. I mean, he just is adorable. You guys, he's, I mean, I, I know I might be a little biased, but he really is gorgeous. He's a gorgeous little boy and he has this smile and his dimples are everything. He is so cute, but he's a happy loving child. So you always think about autism and you think people who don't like affection and who don't like to be around people, but that's not always the case. Mm -hmm. And he was a good baby. He mm -hmm. was a like when I say, okay, so let me give you a contrast. I babysat for my cousin um, after she had her son, she didn't want to do daycare. So I would go to her house every day. And at this time I only had one kid. Um, and um, he was the most fussy baby I had ever experienced mm -hmm. ever. I mean, he was fussy, nothing, yeah. nothing would soothe him. And mm -hmm. he didn't know how to self-soothe. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was, it was really trying to babysit him. Um, Wasn't he also I, diagnosed with autism? He's also diagnosed with autism, but he has other cognitive issues that Harley doesn't have. Mm -hmm. He is um, now he is 10 or 11 now. Mm -hmm. And the progression that Harley has had, I have not seen much in him. He can communicate, you know, but he definitely is a little more aloof than Harley is. Um, 
and, and my cousin did share with me, you know, he has, he's on the spectrum. He's diagnosed with autism, but he also is diagnosed with some cognitive delays. Mm, okay. Um, so he's, pro- you know, he gets, for instance, I don't really receive therapy anymore for Harley. Um, when he was in school, he still got, you know, the speech therapy and the, um, occupational therapy. But as far as like ABA, the behavioral therapy, we did that for three years and he graduated out. Um, My cousin, on the other hand, she still has to do those therapies. So when he goes to school, he gets those therapies, but she also does them at home. Mm -hmm. Like at least two to three times a week, he has a therapist coming to his house or that they are going to for services, Mm -hmm. you know, so they are different. I definitely see why they have a spectrum because you do see differences in the behaviors of children. Like my neighbors, their son is autistic and um, he has had to have speech and language therapy for a while. And he is definitely, I think, um, I mean, he's so smart. These kids, by the way, are just extremely intelligent, but his communication, I mean, he asks very good questions. If, If anything, I mean, his questions are always appropriate. They're just like, they're not, they're appropriate, but they're like boundaries kind of question. Like they don't have, he doesn't have like the mental boundaries that normal people would like, you know, and in the types of questions he asks so that you're, you know, they're more maybe um, invasive questions, but not inappropriate. Just like, wow. Everything is literal to them. Yeah. Everything is literal. It's not an emotional thing. Mm -hmm. It's, Mm -hmm. it's very literal. So if, if they've made connections in their mind to something, um, and they are bold enough to ask that that really should be celebrated mm. because there's a lot of kids on the spectrum who they do not have that language. They do not know how to articulate what's going on in their mind. Oh. And so it's really great that he's able to get that out. Yes. He is very good at expressing himself. He has questions. He asks the questions. And if he, if you ever tell him something like one of the things he really likes, we have a swimming pool. They have a swimming pool too, but for some reason he is fascinated with ours, probably just because it's different. And so he's always like, Miss April, can I come swim? Can I come swim in your swimming pool? And if I say yes, his dad's usually there. So his dad kind of, you know, was like, maybe we'll do it, you know, a different day. Let's try, you know, he's always kind of like trying to distract him from like, cause he will jump the fence and come over and jump in the pool and go swimming immediately. He had, and it could be freezing cold outside. He does not care, but, um, he, he will be focused, hyper-focused where if I, if I say, yeah, you can come over and swim. It is okay. Can I come and swim? And he will never forget that. I said that he's like, can I come now? Can I come now? So, um, definitely hyper-focused and doesn't forget, but he's also extremely smart. Yeah. They, they pay such close attention to detail, things that we miss. Um, someone explained to me, I went to a conference while my son was doing ABA therapy and they had, um, like this kind of like a fair for all the parents and providers, who are dealing with kids on the spectrum and someone there explained and broke down kind of the lens, looking at life through the lens of a person or child who is on the spectrum. And so they gave an example of like, when you go to the grocery store for us, we walk in, you know, you want to get some, some chips and some, some ground beef and, 
you know, all the things to make whatever it is you're making that night. So we're focused on that. We really don't pay attention to all of the stimulation going on around us because it doesn't affect us. But for someone on the spectrum, their senses are heightened. So everything that we brush off or we're able to just overlook, they see and feel and all of that. Mm -hmm. So when you walk into the grocery store, the music Mm-hmm. that's playing in the grocery store, which blew my mind. So I was like, there's music. Please? <laughs> I, that's how much I don't even think about it, you know? Yeah. And so that's something that's stimulating them. The lights. Mm-hmm. People on the spectrum are very sensitive to certain kinds of lighting. Mm-hmm. So that is stimulating. All of the noises, you've got so many people there, they're pushing carts. You know, when you pick mm-hmm. up a muffin, uh, plastic muffin box, you know, that makes a noise. People who are on their phones, Mm -hmm. the people who are at the checkout lines, they're having conversations and how many aisles are there? So you're talking about 10 plus aisles of Mm -hmm. people who are talking, the beeping noise, they are getting, they're receiving all of that stimuli upon walking in the door. Wow. You know, what's interesting is um, when Lauren, my daughter, my oldest daughter, when she was young, we thought for a minute, we were like, okay, I think she has autism because of the way she had like the repetitive, like, um, activities. She was very focused, hyper-focused on the things that she did. She always had to have this, you know, little toys or little things in her hands. Like there, there were just things she didn't like to communicate with other people. Um, which is, you know, my brother is like that. I, I've talked about this in the, my, in the past, or I've told other people this, that, you know, my brother was always very, very shy. And still is. Um, and he didn't talk a lot. He talked to us, but he didn't like talking to strangers. So I wasn't sure if she was shy because that's just her personality trait or if she was slightly autistic because of some other things that she had going on. And so we had her tested. And I remember that fear I had inside when I was thinking, oh my gosh, what are we going to do if they say she's autistic or dyslexic or whatever, something's wrong. Like that's such a scary feeling as a parent. Um, What did you feel? Oh my gosh. I was devastated. (laughs) I did not, because who has your, who has their kid and thinks that this is what they're going to face. We almost always have plans in our head of how things are going to go. All the things that we can't wait to experience with our kid. Um, and so when someone just comes through and they just plop a boulder right in the middle of your plans, Mm -hmm. and it's something that you're not familiar with, even though I had my cousin whose son was autistic, who I had been around, um, that wasn't a part of my daily life. Mm -hmm. I knew he had autism, but I really didn't truly know what autism was. You know, I... I felt I cried (laughs) for a few days um, and I felt very helpless because you have to also think about the fact that I am also experiencing life with my son at home and the difficulties as I'm trying to process what this means, what it is, what is, you know, kind of replan what life is going to look like from here on out. but after I was done crying, um, I just really went, I went to the library 
Mm -hmm. And I watched videos and I did whatever I could, any, anything that I could learn. I said, I need to know how do I, how do I help him? How Mm -hmm. do I be a parent to him? Um, You know, how do I show up for him? And I, this one book, I actually um, have it right here because it was so helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, It's called the autism puzzle, connecting the dots between environmental toxins and rising autism rates. And in the very first chapter, it talks about like the Mad Hatter's disease. Mm. And, um, you know, as I read on it, it really blew my mind how we always blame or most people, they blame like the vaccines, which I'm don't, I'm not for vaccines, but that's a whole nother conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much more than the vaccines, right? It's almost, it's, it, it feels to me like an attack on all fronts. Yes. So if you don't get vaccines, you know, you think, okay, maybe I'm safe. No, you're not. If you send your kid to a school, for instance, mm-hmm. and they go to gym class, who knows that the floor in the gymnasium true is layered with mercury. Wow. Is it really? People don't know that. Yeah, it is. Oh, if you have, if you, if you go to, especially an older school that's been around for, you know, a couple of decades, the chances are that that floor in the gymnasium is riddled with mercury Amazing. because you have to also remember if you go back in history, it was a long time before people even realized that mercury was toxic. They were using it as medicine at one point, you oh. know, so it it's, it it's in our DNA, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? From, from our ancestors who, who did take medicine or who were exposed to even different wars. I mean, and then you talk about diet, right. you know? So if you think, okay, I'm going to change our diet, which I did, and it was helpful. Well, and now before you even get into that, I'm going to run, we do need to go to break real quick, but that's the perfect segue. Cause I do want you to talk a little bit about what you did with diet and how that impacted his development early on. So we're gonna go to break, and then on the other side of the break, I want you to finish that thought. It's time in this World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. 
boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. AmericaOutloud.com. If you can't find it here, you can't find it anywhere. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought, working hard to earn your trust for seven incredible years and counting. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. Welcome back. So today I have a guest with me. Her name is Paris. She is my sister. And she's talking about her experience raising a child who has autism. And before the break, we were talking about all of the environmental impacts that may be leading to this massive increase in autism um, diagnoses. Um, Before the break, I had mentioned in the beginning of the show that right now, as of 2020, one in 36 children are being diagnosed with autism. And that's significant. So if at some point we're looking at a one in three, one out of every three children has autism, you know, how is that going to impact us as a society moving forward? How are we going to be able to continue on providing all the goods and services that we currently do if our next generation is riddled with this, um, this disease. So we were talking about, um, environmental impacts and you said diet. And, and so the book again, say the name of the book, cause I'm going to put it in the show notes for people. Uh, the book is called the autism puzzle. Mm-hmm. It's by Britta belly. Um, okay. the spelling of her last name, B E L L I. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's connecting the dots between environmental toxins and rising autism rates. Okay. Okay. Now you had mentioned, and this was before Harley started talking, you had taken yeah. and did you go to like a holistic doctor or did you, how did you know about doing the heavy metal detox? So actually it, it, it all really started with my health. Um, I had been experiencing some issues with my thyroid after having my youngest and I just didn't have much luck dealing with the, um, endocrinologist that I was going to. Um, I had went and got several tests, but still no one could tell me what was going on. And so one day my aunt actually sent me on um, Facebook a book recommendation called Thyroid Healing by Medical Medium. Mm -hmm. And I was so desperate to just feel better and be able to get through my days with three kids and work, um, Mm -hmm. that I got the book immediately. And again, out of desperation, all of the things that I was reading in the book about the effects, he talked a lot about the effects of food and and our environment and everything. Um, and just the ways that you can do the best that you can do through diet, um, detoxing and everything like that. So he had several recipes, um, that I had adopted, for me personally. And then once I got really deep into it, I couldn't in good conscience still shop 
for my family the way that I have been doing or feed them in the way, you know, make separate meals for me and them. Like I had, I felt like you guys need to be healthy too. Mm -hmm. And so I decided, um, we're, we're, we're all going to do this detox smoothie that recipe that he had as a family every night, which would have been helpful for all of us. Because while my son had been diagnosed with autism, my husband has epilepsy, which he did not have until our daughter was about three years old. He had never had a seizure before. Um, and so that would, I figured would be helpful for him, especially after reading that book, because mercury in the brain doesn't just manifest as autism. It also manifests as um, seizures. So mm -hmm. essentially they actually have the same issue. It's just presenting itself differently. Mm -hmm. And then my oldest, um, she was having some issues um, academically um, that we couldn't quite put our finger on, which we have now learned was just anxiety and slow processing disorder. Mm -hmm. And so I figured it would be helpful for all of us. Um, and for my the baby, I'm like, well, might as well start her off on the good foot. <laughs> and so we made the smoothie and we did it um, for about a week. Mm -hmm. And before I started noticing like changes and the biggest change was he started talking. My son started talking. Like it went from jargon to words that we could identify. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Were speaking with intention. You know what I mean? Not just like babbling off. Like speaking to us with intention. Seeing more um, that he was just more engaged. Mm -hmm. And for me, because he didn't start off with jargon. He started off being engaged and he started off, you know, speaking with intention, even as a baby. Like mm -hmm. I said, I have videos and I'm so glad I took so many videos of him when he was a baby because no one would really believe me. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have believed that after a week of doing this smoothie, he was talking if I didn't experience it for myself because I realized it just sounds crazy. It, it just yeah. sounds and it was Absolutely so significant. Insane. I was just like, I couldn't believe it because I remember he was saying things that, I mean, he was making sounds and he was making up his own little words and it was absolutely adorable. I mean, he mm -hmm. is, you guys, so stinking cute. But I mean, we didn't really think, you know, I was still kind of thinking like, he's just little though. I mean, he just needs a little more time, yeah. but he wasn't saying anything that was understandable. And mm -hmm. then all of a sudden you can understand him. Yep. After a week of doing, and that was the only change. Yeah. At that point I hadn't changed their diet completely because he was like addicted to juice boxes. And that's the other thing. He only, his daily diet, getting him to eat different things was difficult. His daily diet was juice boxes, bananas, and yogurt. I mean, he would sit and eat yogurt two and three at a time if you allowed him same with the juice boxes, bananas. You, we like bananas. So that was good. Um, but I, I hadn't changed any of that just yet. I mm -hmm. just focused on getting the smooth because I actually thought he was going to fight me mm -hmm. with the smoothie. So I ordered syringes off of Amazon <laughs> and I would feel like four syringes and I was prepared the first night. I'm like, okay, so my husband, I was like, you hold him down and I'll, I'll put it in his mouth. And <laughs> He ended up not even fighting us. Number one, he thought the syringes were so cool. 
Um, so even giving it to him in that in that form made him interested. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even have to hold him down, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and he he drank it with no problem. Yeah, and wow. so it it was one of the best decisions. One of the things that just really was like a game changer mm-hmm. and let me know that diet really does make a difference. Now, on a different note, did it help you with what you were feeling? Yes, okay. it helped all of us actually. All of us in the house, it it definitely um, helped. Diet with, and I still. I still unfortunately do not have like a diagnosis of what is going on with my body. I did go to a holistic doctor and he actually told me it wasn't my thyroid. It was my um, adrenal glands. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you know, that's a whole nother thing, but mm-hmm. um, you know, my daughter started progressing a little bit in school Um not completely until we got to the bottom of it. But my husband, unfortunately, like his, not unfortunately, but fortunately for him, he had been experiencing like stomach pain that we didn't know what was going on. He just has a very sensitive stomach. Mm-hmm. And then because of the epilepsy, he experiences headaches frequently. And when I say frequently, I mean daily. Yeah. Um, to the point where you, we have to decide like, okay, do you take this Motrin or this Excedrin or take your medicine? Mm. Like how bad is the headache? Cause you need to take your medicine, mm-hmm. your, your, your epilepsy medication, right. but also you have this banging headache. Mm-hmm. So, okay, we'll take this Excedrin for now. And then in a few hours, we'll take the medication. Like that's, that's every day. It was just normal. Wow. And so both his stomach pain, just um, his stomach pain completely went away. Um, I do need to add that we also were doing, I was juicing celery every morning mm-hmm. uh, for him at that time, him and I were doing, it, and then we later on introduced it to the kids. And that was also another helpful thing. Um, super helpful. I think those two combined really just took it up a notch. And so it helped everyone. Um, mm-hmm. My youngest, she just, she's the strongest kid out of mm-hmm. my three. Like she's just in so many ways, I could see the differences, you know, mm-hmm. like all of my kids are very smart. Um, I know that sounds biased because I'm their mom, but they are. <laughs> they really are. And, <laughs> um, they're strong and they have their own strengths, but I do see some of the hurdles that my son and my oldest daughter had to go through because both of them had IEPs whereas my youngest she's five and I forget that she's five all the time because the way that she talks and the things that she says even her physical strength Mm -hmm. you know um we bought a a bag of or a box of cement mix it's 25 pounds Mm -hmm. and this little girl was in the basement moving it around (laughs) She is something. And I do, I do see the difference as well. Um, and what's interesting, I, I interviewed daddy, uh, for father's day. I don't know if you heard that episode, but (laughs) you have to go back and watch that. Listen to that one. Smokey. That's what, that's what Paris calls my dad. Um, and so I had mentioned how, you know, growing up, I remember he would let us eat junk food. He didn't want us to eat it, but you know, we're kids. So he was, Mm -hmm. and he's very, very sweet and he's easygoing. So he would let us eat it, but he would always have something to say about it. And, um, you know, kind of guilt trip you while you're eating it. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Exactly. And so, but he said that, you know, 
he would like, he would eat that stuff too, except that it upset his stomach and he just can't, he can't eat that stuff. And it's funny because as I got older, the same thing happened to me. And then I remember it happening to Brian and Chris, and now it's starting to happen to my kids. So it's obviously, you know, there's some genetic uh, component to it, but also it kind of, to me is saying there's something in the food Mm-hmm. that our body cannot process. And it's, and our body is like getting upset and it hurts to let us know whatever you ate, don't eat it again, but we just yeah. ignore it and keep ingesting it without paying attention to the signs. Yeah. I, I, so I don't have a medical degree where I can like explain it in the way it with medical terms, but the way that my brain interprets that is that, you know, you abuse your body for so long I think there's a limit to what your body can take of these chemicals and these um, genetically modified foods. Um, My mother was a pescatarian for a long time. And then all of a sudden, one day in her 40s, she wakes up and now she's allergic to seafood. Hmm. And I, what I really feel happened was she had an overload of mercury in her body mm-hmm. because she had been eating seafood, only seafood that had been her only source of, I mean, besides beans and stuff, you know, that was like the main thing on her plate. And so if you do that for so long and, and that takes me back to the book, um, the autism puzzle I read in there, um, cause we did plant-based, mm-hmm. which is not to be confused with a vegan. That's two different things. Um, we did plant-based eating for four years. And mm-hmm. I have to tell you, it was the best I had ever felt in my life. And everyone um, looked amazing. And, and and I have struggled with my weight since I was a child. And to have weight falling off of you, and I wasn't even working out. I just was eating clean. Mm-hmm. And I felt good. All of the pains and aches and things that I had been experiencing, the the chronic fatigue, mm-hmm. none of that existed. It went downhill though, because that's a lifestyle that is in our society where we're all on this hamster wheel. It is incredibly mm-hmm. difficult yeah. to do because I was making everything from scratch. Yes. And so it, it, it took so much um, just being intentional and sacrifice, you know, but also now it's so expensive to even do that. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's not just time that you're giving up. It's like, who can afford it? When I go to the grocery store and I spend $200 and I walk out with two bags and I'm right. And don't even have enough groceries for the week. I've talked about you in the past and about how you, um, like my, my sister is the best cook that I know Thank you. she truly is. (laughs) And so she's very creative when it comes to cooking. And she's also Jamaican. So everything is flavorful and delicious, but like she was making stuff up out of vegetables. You would not even believe the things that she was making. So totally a lifestyle that anyone could adopt by eating food that she made. I told her, it's like, start a business, start selling your food. Everyone will eat it, which they were actually, but that's a totally different story. I mean, that's a lot of work. Um, but for like the cost with everything and inflation, like you want to be healthy, our medicine is in our food and yet they're making it so difficult. And they're also manipulating the food so much now that they're trying to anyway, yeah, that, that makes it uh, so, so difficult. I mean, even sm- smoothies is 
Mm. back to smoothies. I mean, not just the heavy metal detox smoothie made a difference for us, but smoothies in general, because that is how I snuck so many supplements and vitamins and things into my kids' diet is through smoothies. Mm -hmm. And now lately, every time I look up, there's a recall on frozen fruit. Really? Um, Yeah. Like there was one um, with strawberries um, not too long ago. Um, And, and now there is a few, not just strawberries and with all within the same. So it's whole foods, Mm -hmm. uh, Trader Joe's, Walmart Mm. and another store that I'm not familiar with. It must be in another state, but um, they all have recalls right now. Current. I just read this like two days ago and now I'm like stuck because I'm like, okay, well, what is safe for me to get? You know, Um, the recalls on all the many different vegetables or just fresh fruits, you know, and I just you know, I know that's a whole nother conversation, but I feel like that's just a part of the agenda well, anyway. And I, I actually, you know, as soon as you said that, you know, my brain, because everybody who listens to the show knows that I'm always, you know, thinking and I'm conspiracy minded. And it's just to me, a creative way of finding solutions. So anyway, let me just play okay. with my conspiracy for a moment. Is it possible that they are recalling the good stuff to replace it with the bad stuff? Absolutely. I, I, I for sure 100% think that if you say that something is wrong with your strawberries, the way it's growing out of the ground, the way God intended, mm-hmm. then now I can be dependent on the scientists to create a healthier version of the strawberry because I don't want to give up the strawberries, right? Mm-hmm. I, I like strawberries. They're now as a healthy person, um, especially if you're talking about your plant-based eating or whatever, just eating clean that is a, an essential part of your diet, berries, mm-hmm. fruit, just fresh fruits and vegetables in general. Mm-hmm. If now something is wrong with those, yeah, salmonella, um, E. coli, whatever it is they want to call it. Mm-hmm. Now, what can, what do I go to? I can go to, what is it now that Bill Gates has the APL? Well, now I can go to that because now he has created a barrier to put on these fruits and vegetables that is going to protect it from all of these bacteria and viruses. And now I'm not even eating real food. And now I'm going to become sicker Mm -hmm. because my body does not, it doesn't, it can't identify what I'm putting in there. So it doesn't know how to break it down. And over time is when you'll start to see the effects. It's not going to be right away, you know? You know, I want to say this because I was having a debate with my cousin recently um, and he has this thing and there are certain people in our society who have this thing where, who are you? What kind of expert are you to say, or to even have a voice or opinion on a certain subject matter? If you're not a subject matter expert, which is somebody who has gone to school and gotten a degree and worked in a specific area, you're not allowed to speak on a subject. But let me just say this. My sister is the person that I go to when I have questions about food and the ingredients and things like that, because she has become a subject matter expert because she did the thing that other people would do, which is read. And all you, if you go out there and read and do your research and investigate, you become a subject matter expert. She knows more about nutrition than the, I would probably say 100% of the doctors that I work with. She knows more than they do because what people don't realize is in, in any health science programs, 
unless it's diet, I guess, dietitians, we are not spending a lot of time learning about nutrition. We're not spending a lot of time. We spend a lot more time learning about pharmacology. So when these kind of things come up, we don't have any idea. So I learned about all these additives, like they'll say something's um, natural flavoring. And so I always just assumed it was natural flavoring and talking to her. That's when I learned that this stuff is chemicals. These are not healthy things that we're supposed to be ingesting. And so when you, when people start to tell you things, stop worrying about their credentials. Don't worry about, you know, well, where did you get your degree? Cause if anything, be glad if they don't have a degree, because they haven't been brainwashed into a certain way of thinking. They have had and the ability to be open-minded and just gather information and test the information and try it and see if it's true. You know, I think that anyone can be an expert on anything, um, especially when you are the consumer, if you pay attention. If you pay attention, as the consumer, we are the ones eating this food mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. If you pay attention to your body, your body will tell you what you need to know. And then if you ask questions and if you do, if you if you do the research and read, which essentially isn't that what school is, you're reading books, <laughs> you're exactly. taking a test to prove to somebody that you know it. But most people who take tests anyways, it doesn't mean that they really retain the information. Mm-hmm. Um they can literally memorize. I know that because I was that person in school. I got great grades because my memory skills were good. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? But my study skills were trash. So, (laughs) um, you know, if, if you pay attention and you ask the right questions and you do the research, then you are an expert. Mm -hmm. You know, if if you think about a lab rat, the experiment is happening on them. Mm-hmm. The expert is not necessarily the person who is doing the experiment on the lab rat, but if the lab rat actually pays attention to what this person is putting in their body and then what reaction their body is having, they're a much better expert than the person who's performing this research because they are feeling it and experiencing it firsthand. The other person who's doing the research is only look, they are only able to observe. Yep. So true. Wow. I never even thought about that, but that is it right there. So you, um, now you also notice differences when you would change Harley's or say like he went to, okay, you guys. So my mom is the type of grandmother who, when I would drop my kids off in the morning, first Every thing, <laughs> okay, she is the typical grandparent. First thing in the morning, I'm when this is when I was in nursing school. Cause my mom really, my mom and dad really helped a lot with my kids. Couldn't have finished school without them. So I would drop them off in the morning and first thing in the morning, they're pouring whipped cream in their mouth. I mean, straight out of the, I'm like, what are you doing? But that's, that's my mom is all about, she has a sweet tooth. So she is like the, the babies want it, they get it. And so I know you had struggles with that when you would bring Harley over there because grandmommy wanted to give him the good stuff. Yeah. And, and here's the thing, we're not just talking about the effects of his behavior and his cognitive um, abilities. Mm-hmm. We also have a lot of people don't know, but um, it, unless you have a kid on the spectrum, but there is a great percentage of kids on the spectrum who deal with um, digestive issues. Mm. And Harley was one of them. And so I can automatically tell when he's had something that mm. 
his body doesn't agree with because he will have a hard time going to the bathroom or he will skip days. Like right now, he's extremely regular, Mm -hmm. like extremely regular. (laughs) Um, Like I envy him because it's it's like clockwork every day, you know, and and multiple times a day. So um, before we changed our diet, And that's saying something because I have to be transparent. We have not been eating the way that um, I, we were eating Mm -hmm. um, because I kind of got burnt out and then things have just become expensive. So I'm kind of right now trying to figure out the happy medium um, of what I was doing, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. which um, is why we got your garden getting started again. So that, (laughs) Um, but, but, all that to say, the effects of everything that I had been doing the previous four years, we're still reaping those benefits mm, mm, because nice. he's still regular. Beforehand, before I changed our diet, he would cry when he went to the bathroom. Um, and mm. we have experienced, you know, what are they called? Fissures? Like when, yeah. you, when you're going to the bathroom and you make those little tears, yeah. we have experienced that because he would go so long between bowel movements that it would be impacted and, um, you know, just starting up to move through. And so that I learned from going to a conference that that is a problem. A lot of parents experience, um, also because they're very picky eaters Mm -hmm. because you have to think about that. Harley smells everything before he eats it. Um, but also texture Mm -hmm. because remember their senses are heightened. Mm -hmm. So for us, you know, we could drink a chia seed drink and it's not a big deal because we're like, oh, it's like the texture of jello. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, a kid on the spectrum, that jello texture is like so off-putting for them, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. And so anything that is remotely close to that, I mean, they real, some of the kids, you know, they will throw up or, mm-hmm. you know, like you, you think about kids who are being defiant and you, you're like, you better eat this food or you're not getting it from the table. And they like throw up because they don't want to eat anymore. No, that's like a real thing for kids on the spectrum. They're not acting, mm-hmm. you know, most of the time. Um, so that's, that's a real thing, but we're still reaping the benefits of all that work that I did for that four years. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I just feel like, I can correct, I can kind of like spot correct, if that makes sense, you know, Mm -hmm. whereas before I was kind of like clean, I was wiping the slate. I did like that hard work of wiping the slate clean and starting Mm -hmm. a new foundation. Mm -hmm. You know, one of his, the thing that he is really fascinated with, which I just think is absolutely adorable is toilets. Yep. And when I first saw him, you know, cause he wanted to see every single toilet and he's, what he's fascinated with is actually the direction of the water going down the toilet. And when I watched him, I thought, you know what, he's doing some kind of mathematical computation. And like, this is more of an engineering fascination for him or like, um, physics. Like he's not just watching this water. He's, he's doing science. And I think that that's one of the things, because you remember I sent you that video of that woman who was really, really, really smart. And um, yes. and yeah, and she's an expert and I can't remember exactly. Um, I can't remember her name, but she definitely, she talked a lot about like just the way 
that people learn. I actually just got a book and it's not by her, but um, it's called The Eight Great Smarts, mm-hmm. which is helpful for anyone who deals with kids in any way, shape or form to have because everyone is smart if you meet them where they're at. If you yeah. if you speak to a person in the way that they receive information, you will you will unlock so much intellect. But, you know, we're all put yeah. in a box and we're supposed to all be the same. But true. yeah, I mean, he he truly, I agree with you because right now his obsession is numbers. Mm. And he is always constantly asking us as of late what he's making up equations of numbers like what's 124,000 plus 124,000 or lately he's really gotten into writing numbers down on a piece of paper and asking me what the number is. Mm -hmm. And one of them, it was, he was like, there's two and there's eight. And then I wrote eight zeros. What number is that? So then I had to break it down. So now I've been teaching my seven-year-old place value, Mm -hmm. whereas that's a normal thing to teach in school at his age. Mm -hmm. But for him, he's so fascinated with large numbers. Mm -hmm. We're going beyond hundreds. I think, you know, his age, they're doing hundreds, tens and ones. Like Mm -hmm. we, he had me look up. um, I can't even remember the name. I had to Google it. Wow. Because he wrote 17 zeros and asked me what number it was. You know, he had a number in in front of it, you Uh know, like 18 or whatever, you know, but the amount of zeros that he puts. And so I had to start looking it up. Like we are well beyond, you know, millions and and wow. thousands trillions and trillions and yeah. like mm-hmm. he's into like it's not even people don't normally say it um the way it is the way I read it at least mm-hmm. online was like 10 to the 39th power mm. wow which means that's 39 zeros yeah and so there's a name for that but it's not some it's not He's seven. Yeah. Yeah. You know? We're going to have to come back on um, and do another interview for sure, because I want to talk about that because you have decided to do something that I'm so excited about. And I think that it will be super cool to do an episode with nurse Michelle because she's homeschooled her kids. She had six kids and she homeschooled them all. And you're getting ready to embark on that journey of homeschooling. And so I think that will be a really good show for our listeners. Um, We have run out of time. So I just want to say again, um, thank you for sharing your story. And we'll we'll come back and we'll talk about it again, because there's so much more I know that you could share with the audience about your experience. Um, This is Nurses Out Loud. And my goal here is to shine a light in the darkness. It's time.